Welcome to another episode of Saving One Life Yours, a podcast brought to you by Tag for Life. We shine a powerful light on medically vulnerable people who, for whatever reason, can't speak for themselves. Today's guest is Ken Feld, Tag for Life's Chief Operating Officer. Our host and moderator is Victoria Yoakum, Tag for Life's Director of Marketing. Today's topic is the story of Ken's incredible medical journey, how he came to realize his own need for a medical ID, and how and why he joined TAG for life's mission to provide medical IDs for medically vulnerable people. Hi. Hi, Victoria. <laughs> could, you, could you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Ken Feld. Hi, Ken. Um, so it's my understanding that you had a liver transplant. Could you share uh, your journey with us from the moment you were diagnosed to the time you received your transplant? Sure. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that with me. Um, my journey started in early 2020 when I had a small umbilical hernia from doing martial arts. And while I was being getting prepared for the uh, hernia repair surgery, they found a 1.3 centimeter nodule at the tip of the hernia. So they postponed the surgery and wanted to wait a few months to reach to do another MRI to check. It just so happened it was right in the, in the middle of COVID as well. <laughs> and so all of the non-essential appointments and surgeries were canceled. So it actually waited from January until August before it was rechecked. And in that time frame, it went from 1.3 centimeter nodule to two and a half inch diameter tumor on my liver and had attached itself to the portal vein and had turned into stage four cancer. So I immediately went, was referred to the Mayo Clinic and went into their oncology department. Uh, at first, they referred me to the liver for a transplant because they thought the since the cancer was located in the liver, do a transplant and the cancer's gone. Yeah. Unfortunately, we did a couple, they did a couple of treatments to kill the, the tumor, but it had metastasized and went to my lymph nodes, my spine, and my pelvic area. So I went back to oncology, um, spent two and a half years with immunotherapy and all the treatments that are available for cancer treatment. Was The cancer was cured, um, but unfortunately, the liver was so damaged from the treatment and the cancer that even though the cancer was gone, I was going to die from liver failure. And so I went back to the gastroenterology department where I started for the transplant discussion again, but the and because the cancer was gone. Um, so fast forward about another year, and I was I was told at that time that there would never be a chance I'd get a transplant because the cancer had gone outside the organ. Yeah. Uh, but my body responded incredibly well to the treatments and my interventional radiologist at Mayo went in front of the committee and you know made a case for me. And they decided to accept me as a transplant recipient. And in fact, I'm the first person at Mayo who's ever had a transplant where the cancer went outside the organ. Wow. And I had my transplant. Well, a year ago, they said I'd never, ever, ever, ever even be considered for a transplant. And October 16th, I had mine. So wow. four months ago, actually, four months, four months ago tomorrow. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, as you know, I'm a 
liver recipient. And I know for me, it's really changed my life completely by everything about it. So um, what would you say are like the biggest changes that you've had since receiving your liver? Like how has it impacted your life? Besides not being able to eat grapefruit. <laughs> uh, right. Or sushi or some of the other <laughs> things that I used to love to do. Um, I think it hasn't in, impacted my life so much physically um, because I, I, I never felt sick. And that was, that was the thing that was kind of hard for me to grasp. Even with cancer, I've, I was working out yeah. four days a week, doing martial arts, playing ball, and all of a sudden, you've got stage four cancer. So I was never in pain. My, you know, everything was fine. So post-transplant, I don't feel better than I did before physically. Right. But I think it's changed the way I look at things significantly. Um, just because you go through the process and you you realize how vulnerable you are to life and to the experiences and the relationships that you have, that it's, it's you look at things completely differently. Right. Yeah, health, I think for me personally, it's really made me realize like how actually important your health is and how tomorrow it can all change. <laughs> and that's why like it's it's so important to be so so protective of your health and so aware of the things like grapefruit and sushi that can make us sick. Um, and especially the medications that we take that are so sensitive to everything. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just recently at a, a dinner party and you know how we can't have grapefruit, pomegranate, civil oranges. There's that list of things. And so I'm really aware of that. And of course, they tell us never, ever, 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 ever go to a potluck dinner party. Well, I went to one. There's only 12 people, right? And this one woman brought a, a um, phyllo dough baked brie with a homemade cranberry sauce. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. I go, I'm diving in. Right. I could I don't need the, the vegetable tray or the, the, the salad and the <laughs> washed or the, that thing's got my name all over it. <laughs> so in the back of I hear in the kitchen the woman saying, just the secret to my cranberry sauce is I use pomegranate in there. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> back to the deviled egg, yeah. <laughs> Back to the veggie board. Yeah. That's so you can't even do that because people touch it before I got the other guy. And then it's funny, my wife goes, you get the deviled egg and she goes, was it peeled? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, oh no. You're yeah. like, I can't have anything. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, but I think for me, embracing that has been kind of fun too. Um, now, fun. <laughs> I know. Fun. But, uh, but it's my new normal, right? And I'm not that worried about it or concerned about it. And I, it's just what I have to do. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you're only four months out. I really think that as time goes by, you'll feel physically better. I remember four months after mine, I still, yeah, I, I didn't feel a hundred percent. Not, I mean, I didn't feel like more close to a hundred percent until a year. And I think now I'm able to, yeah, work out and do physical activities and be more comfortable I'm not so scared to go out and eat eat at potlucks, eat at eat at events. Um, so I think you'll be back doing martial arts. I'm I'm gonna put it out. I'm gonna say, one day, eventually. Probably won't spar. 
because the, the kidney is or the liver is probably pretty I want to protect that for a while. You're gonna you know? kick, kick your liver and, out. <laughs> and I'm not as young as I used to be, although I might I'm you know getting where I don't think sparring is necessarily in my future. But you know it's interesting because you um one of the most difficult things is when you start comparing yourself to what you used to be able to do. Yeah. Um, and you say, well, I, I used to be able to go to train in martial arts four days a week. And I used to teach violent survival school. And I used to be able to play golf. And I used to do all of those things. And you get transplanted and you can't. Yeah. You can't lift anything over 20 pounds for six to eight weeks. And you, you start thinking, Man, I've just given up so much. A, a really good friend, and you know him, he, he uses the term often that you, you do transition from patient back to person. <laughs> yes. And I think that's, that's, that's really powerful wisdom because for me, at least I don't compare myself to what I, where I was 10 years ago. I compare myself to where I was yesterday. Wow. I and, if, and if today I can walk half a mile more, or I can get on the bike for 15 minutes more, or, then those are victories. And that's when I'm, you know, I'm working up to swing a golf club, which was hard, for, hard for me because I live on a golf course here in Phoenix. And, you know, I would go out every morning and have my coffee and just watch the golfers go by with my care, with my caregiver, <laughs> We'd sit and had coffee and sit by the fireplace. But it was kind of fun just to watch the idiots go out there and play. The next... <laughs> Excuse me. That's okay. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm working back to now being able to swing the club and get out and hopefully do that as well. That's awesome. I, I, I think it is a mindset, like you said, I mean, to, to think like, oh, I could have, I could be doing all these things I used to be doing, but you know what? I'm happy to just be doing the stuff I'm doing now. I think that's important for, for your mental and physical health. Um, but that's but it also, it also allows you to look into other things. Right. So for me, I've gotten really into Tai Chi and Qigong, which are forms of the martial art, but they're softer, less impact, low resistance. And I'm I'm digging it. I mean, I really do enjoy that. So you find other things. And I think that might be one of the gifts of the transplant. Right. Yeah. It, you you you're permitted and encouraged and kind of forced to look at life a different way and yeah. pursue other things. Yeah, it's a gift. It really is to be able to discover new things about yourself and to I mean change is hard but it really is beautiful it brings out things that you never knew you were possible you never knew you'd be interested in tai chi but here you are I vote you teach a liver transplant tai chi class <laughs> um but sorry go ahead okay <laughs> yeah. my first member we just have to figure out what the hourly rate's going to be because they <laughs> I get a discount because I of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> um, that's great. No, but now you are actually a part, a member of t t uh, of Tag for Life. Yeah. Recently, yeah. were brought on. On that same vein, I guess, being a liver transplant recipient and also someone, a cancer survivor, could you describe the, the importance of medical IDs for individuals like yourself, um, and like you know, a situation where you think that that would be helpful? Well, I'll I'll answer it a different way, if I might. Because when I left, when I left Mayo and my caregiver, my wife was out of town. So my sister flew in to take care of me while I was um, that recovering and doing all that. And as I'm going through my parting gift bag with 
all of my instructions and the binders and all of that. Right. Um, I remember the the card that Mayo gave me. Um, in fact, I've got it right here, and I I won't show it because you can't see, but I'll read it. it. Says emergency alert. I have had a kidney, pancreas, liver, heart, or multi organ transplant. If I'm in the emergency department, contact the Mayo Clinic. Uh, now, fun is fun, but it's like a it's like a million dollar surgery, and I get a little business card that I'm supposed to keep in my pocket for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's like paper, isn't you, it? I wish I could show you the back of it because it's actually just has a name and a phone number because I didn't have anything to write on, so I used it to make a note. <laughs> but so as I'm as I'm going through our stuff, the the tag for life brochure was there, and. So my sister is helping me, and she, as she's helping me with getting my meds together and everything, we start talking about this, like, you know, you really need that. Yeah. Because you're forever going to be on medicines. And I'm like, okay, cool. So she's going through it. And as she's, and as she's registering me, she goes, you know, I, I was just in a car accident at Lake Tahoe. And I'm allergic to insects. And when the paramedics showed up, I completely forgot to tell them that I'm allergic to insects oh, no. and I have nothing. I have, I have nothing anywhere on me or in my wallet or in, or in my purse that <laughs> says that. And I'm like, she goes, I got to get one of those. She even said, do they offer them? Can you get one of these for something other than, you know, liver or cancer? And I said, yeah, I think so. And so we started exploring that. One more little quick story of how this became real to me was my my mother-in-law lives with us and my wife takes care of her and she's healthy and everything, but she's 85 year, 85-ish years old. Um, if something were to happen when she's coming out and the cat trips her or she trips on what whatever. Paramedics show up and they go, okay, who's there? I say, well, her name's Mimi Cerna. Well, no, it's actually Maria, but we call her Mimi. She's about 85 years old. She's had a heart valve transplant, two knee replacements, and that's it. I don't know anything else. My wife's, if she's on a flight to New York, she's the only one that has that information. Yeah. My mother-in-law doesn't even know her doctor, her prescriptions, her, you know, we are her first emergency contacts, but any of that, we had nothing. Yeah. Like then it became really real to me that this was something that not just was important to me, but valuable to a really broad net of people. And I've never talked to anyone since my transplant who doesn't either know somebody or themselves are in need of this kind of device. And so that's why I approached Tag for Life and we started connecting and Ben, who is the CEO of the company, and I um, started talking about how I could join it and be a part of it because I just feel that it's one of those things that when you think about it, it's just so important. Um, and we, we, we kind of take those things for granted. I know you have more questions, but I have one more example to share with you. I, I was just I was just recently at a with a friend of mine who um, 
works at a car dealership and he's one of the general managers and he got a card for himself. Um, and so while I was with him trying to get him to register his card and work him through that, which is simple to do, um, another person came by and Joe introduced me to this, this gentleman. And he looks at me and goes, my daughter's nine years old and she has this rare disease that doesn't create adrenaline. And he goes, I go, well, my, um, my immediate question is, well, does she have an ID? Right. <laughs> Cause that's, that's the first thing I want to ask. And she goes, yeah. he goes, no, she, no, we don't have, we don't have anything. I said, well, yeah, do now. And so we, I, I happened to have one of the, the ID cards with me. And it was interesting, Victoria, because he started to cry what? while he was hanging out. Because as he's doing it, he's thinking he's possibly saving her life. Yeah. And to be involved with that kind of, let's say, mission or that kind of momentum, if you will, of what we're doing and what these things can possibly do, we take for granted. Yeah. And and the one thing that I really appreciate is, and this is pride, this is pride speaking, but you know those metal bands that say diabetic or those big clunky ones. Right. I, I would never be seen with one. I think they're ugly. And then I also, with all the engraving that has to be done, for me, it would have to be like from my wrist to my elbow with all of the yeah. prescriptions and the stuff that I You mean so, like this? <laughs> so, you know, the, the you know, the my yeah, I've got the the band and I've got the Apple Watch slide um that I've been wearing and no one the paramedics know what it is. Yeah. And the first responders do. But it's you know, and the other thing that I really I enjoy a lot, and it's kind of just my sense of humor, if you will, is I have access to my profile with the click of a button. And I'm just going to take a quick second. So one of the things that we've all experienced where you go to a new doctor and they go, you know, you have to fill out what your prescriptions are, your medicines. Right. My comment is normally that there's not enough ink in the pen for me to complete this. <laughs> so <laughs> you, can see, you can see my my profile or, or I love to just go, there, 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 there you go. You know, yeah. I can just scroll through all my information, all my medicines, my prescriptions, the dosages, how often I take them. And I get to, and as you know, our, our medicines change every week sometimes. Yeah. And I go in, click of a button, I change the dose. And I just have this sense now of security that yeah. no matter what happens to me, I could be anywhere. And I would I wouldn't have people around saying, yeah, his name's Ken and he's had a liver transplant. First responders would know that either by looking at me, I either had a transplant or I got really whooped by a samurai. <laughs> so, you know, it's, we those are the two options available when they look at my scar. So I have just found that it's not just valuable to me but it's like I can't imagine not having one yeah and I think I mean we talk about this a lot in tag for life but everybody knows somebody who has something and needs to be protected like that and I think you hear the common examples like diabetes and allergies to nuts and things like that um 
I honestly didn't know liver transplant recipients needed or should have a medical ID until Tag for Life came to group. And I think it's pretty crazy to think, yeah, so when I don't, when I have to take this off or something, I feel so unsafe. I'm like, nothing's going to happen to you in the 20 minutes you have to take this off. But I'm still like, well, what if, what if something happens and they don't, they aren't able to know my information. Um, and with uh, the app, like you're saying in the system to have everything even more detail at the top of a button to show people and to, yeah, show your doctors if you can't. Cause for me, I never remember all of the medications. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a lot, obviously a lot of benefits, but I think for us, it's personal, which is. But it's, and it's also a mindset too. It's also, it's not, I need this because I'm going to die. Yeah. So no, I, this is going to, it's cool. You know, because it, they go, if anybody does ask, I go, man, let me tell you my story. Have I got a story to tell you, right? Take a seat. <laughs> Get a cup of coffee. We're going to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just, you know, I am not, I love the fact that I've had my transplant and it's really crazy to think about this, but cancer and my transplant has in this chapter of my life has, has made such a huge difference. And this is kind of my opening act, if yeah. you will, allowing me to, to share my story and share just the, you know, what it's like now. And it's, is it all good? No. I mean, there's there's some bumps in the road. Right. But we, um, nobody's ever been promised good forever, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, and I, I, one of Muhammad Ali's most famous quotes, which I have on my wall is, live every day like it's your last, because one day you're going to be right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. but so that's, you know, I, it doesn't, it's, I, I'm not self or self-aware or it doesn't bother me that all of this has happened. It's actually made me stronger and, and more alive in many, many respects. That's awesome. You do, you have quite an amazing story. And the fact that you've been able to use Tag for Life as the start of your second act, the start of your second chance at your life. Um, to make something better out of a situation that maybe wasn't ideal is is great. It's really admirable. And we're really happy to have you. But um, I guess for people that are listening or watching, um, what is a way that they can support Tag for Life's mission, um, whether through spreading awareness or think donations? Um, how would you say they could do that? Well, you know, our outreach is, is really widespread. I mean, we have a really wide net, not just for transplant patients, but for children with allergies and asthma. And it, it it's endless, the number of people that we can connect. Our greatest need is in funding to help us provide the IDs, the IDs to those people in need. And so the best way to do that, obviously, is through a cash donation um, through our website, you know, tagforlife.org. And that it just, you know, for every hundred dollars donated, we can provide 10 IDs to people. So there's a, there's a real win for, for people. Um, and if you, if we encourage, if somebody needs to get their own for themselves, make an extra donation so that we can get one for somebody else. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of ways. And then of course, encourage people to get on our follow us 
on our social media platforms so that, you know, when we do events, help us out by spreading the word and, and, and getting us in front of more people. Because the more people that are aware, then the more potential lives we collectively possibly can save. And not to say that our saying, saving a life yours, saving one life yours, is all encompassing. Yeah, well, it could potentially save someone's life, but it will absolutely in decrease the amount of time it takes to get the kind of care you need. Yeah. Definitely. And that's what first responders that I've talked to are really excited about is, you know, they can know immediately what the person's condition is, you know, um, and it's, it's an exciting, it's an exciting adventure. That's for sure. And I'm, I'm really honored to be a part of it. Thank you. We're not only making the patient's life easier, but the paramedic's life <laughs> easier, whoever, or the healthcare professional that is going to be helping the patient. Yeah. I see. I don't know if most people even know. I don't know how much time we have left, but one of my best friends is a is a fire captain and an EMT. Oh. And I was talking to him and saying, you know, what's it like? He goes, well, first thing we do, he goes, seventy percent of all non-responsive calls we go on, the person has no ID on them. So the first thing we do is rip off their shirts, and we look for tattoos, signs, dog tags, anything to identify the body. If there's nobody around next we go through the mail next we go through the medicine cabinet and if that gives us not the information we need then we absolutely just start tearing apart the house like we have an like a search warrant oh from a, and that's what they do because he goes we can't we won't touch that person until we know and wow. he said 100 percent of all water calls and backyard calls typically person has no ID. So we don't know. And he goes, the, you know, what, what we do saves them so much time. And even those people that have, and I have a, an iPhone or a smartphone that have your medical records on that. In the case that you're not conscious, well, you don't want to know what they do to have to access your phone. Yeah. Yeah. They forcibly open your eyes and try to get that for facial recognition, if your eyes are closed, the, your facial recognition doesn't work, right? Wow. So depending if you've had convulsed in there. I mean, he was like, I was like, wow. Yeah. And so he's he's now spreading the word with the fire department to partner with us to for awareness for medical IDs. Well, I mean, we're doing something special. And that and you know, I, I think every life that we touch, whether it's my sister that's allergic to incense to the Man, I just met whose daughter, you know, has that um, adrenaline deficiency. It's, it's pretty incredible that connection and, and that we're that we're building with people. Yeah, and we encourage everybody to get part of it because whether it affect impacts you or not, I guarantee there's somebody that you love or you know that wouldn't benefit from from something like this. Absolutely, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so to wrap up. Looking to the future, what are some of Tag for Life Tag for Life's goals and aspirations in terms of expanding its services beyond liver transplant recipients? And I know that we've been talking about um, a new program that we're going to start. Yeah, well, you know, expanding expanding from liver transplant patients recipients means we have to expand out of the hospital world. 
and into the public arena. Um, so I'm reaching out to those other organizations that deal with women with breast cancer, children with disabilities. Even though um, part of my professional career is working with children with autism. There's a big need for that. Um, so we have a lot of different programs where we're actually being out in certain venues and can actually give people their IDs right on the spot. And that's, that's a real great outreach um, that we're just taking away all the barriers of getting one uh, that used to be there um, to get a personalized, real um, beneficial ID you know, that you could buy a bracelet anywhere, but we, we provide the entire thing and, and, you know, the personalization and the customization, everything right there on the spot for them with their medical ID card. And so we're reaching to all different people. And you asked me about the vision. I mean, I have a, got a lot of vision because, because <laughs> there is, there is no reason why when there's something going on in another country of disaster that we can't go and be there as well, yeah. or have someone be there for us. You know, we're starting in our community, we're starting small and, we, and that's, you know, we, the ship is built and now we need to just get some wind to get it out of the harbor. And then the ocean's ours kind of, if you will. Yeah. So there is no, there's a lot of strategies. There's not one particular because the, the there's as many opportunities and needs for this as there are you know, sands on the grains of sand on the on the beach. Absolutely. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. Is there anything okay. else that you would like to uh, say before we get off? No, I just it, it, I am so thankful um, that I've gone through this, which is really crazy for a lot of people to believe. Um, you know, you know, I I share with people like my day and, and I'll have a day at Mayo with six o'clock in the morning blood test. And then I meet with my post-transplant nurse and then I meet with the surgeon and then I have to go over to oncology. And then I might have to go get a CAT scan and an MRI all with contrast. And so I've had three pokes in one afternoon and they'll look at me like, wow, that's awful. I mean, how could you do that? I'm like, well, three years ago, they gave me three months to live. So today I could do this walking on my, standing on my head. Yeah. So it's a new, it, it's just a new way of looking. And so I, I, I really am thankful and, and, and grateful for not just, I'm not, I'm not happy I got sick mm -hmm. right. by no means, but I'm finding joy and, and a purpose as a result of it. That's awesome. So I, I think my big takeaway is to celebrate every moment. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for your time today, Ken. Thank you for listening to Saving One Life Yours, a podcast by Tag for Life. Please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube Podcasts. And if you'd like to drop us a line, whether to suggest future topics or for any other reason, please do so at contact at tagforlife.org. At Tag for Life, we shine a powerful light on medically vulnerable people who, for whatever reason, can't speak for themselves. We do this by helping to cover the cost of their medical IDs, no questions asked. So how can you help? Go to tagforlife.org or if you're watching our video podcast, 
open the camera app on your smartphone and click on the QR code to get to our homepage. Then click on the donate button to contribute to our cause. Thanks so much for your support.